Hello and welcome to The Hutong Hero. I'm your host, Ryan Price. And today, we've got a powerful, powerful subject to discuss. That is, of course, power being generated by nuclear fusion. Okay? So the UK government has recently announced a 200 million pound investment to make nuclear fusion power become a reality by 2040. There's a lot of pluses and maybe some minuses to this. We'll discuss it, but this is a big breakthrough. Now, a lot of you might be saying, but Ryan, nuclear power plants have been around since forever. And I would say to you, yes, you are correct. They have been around for a long time. But the thing is, these are two different kinds of nuclear power. You have nuclear fission, which are the power plants that produce a lot of toxic waste and... uh, The U.S. has a lot of these kind of power plants, but they're not always the best thing to have. You could have fallouts and proliferation of weapons coming from this kind of technology. So a lot of people aren't too happy about nuclear fission uh, power plants. But nuclear fusion power plants, we're going to discuss, but basically it's harnessing the power of the sun. It's taking the power, the the, the atoms, the, the things that make the sun do what it does, putting it in a box, and making it generate power for us. Superman is no longer a story we'll just be reading to kids and being like, and Superman got its power from the sun, kids. We'll also be saying, and you know what? We're all like Superman because we're getting our power from the sun. It's in a box, a little different, but still pretty cool. So anyways... Before I get into this and discuss what this means, what it's going to do, just the the pluses, the minuses, everything about this new kind of investment in power the UK is pursuing, along with other countries, I'm going to play a song.
was Fire It Up by Out of Sight, a good song. Now let's go ahead and fire up this discussion. We're going to talk about how we will power our devices, our lives in the future with fusion rather than fission and how the UK is investing quite a bit of money in this new technology. So let's discuss this recent BBC article. So nuclear fusion is a question of when not if, okay? The prospects for developing nuclear fusion as a feasible source of energy have significantly improved. This is what experts are saying. And the UK government has recently announced an investment of 200 million pounds to deliver electricity from a fusion reactor by 2040. Private companies and governments have told the BBC they aim to have demonstration models working within five years. But critics are saying there are still some huge hurdles, okay? With the price of wind and solar continuing to drop, experts say these existing renewables might offer a commercial and timely method of tackling climate change and generating energy than an unproven technology like fusion. Nuclear fusion is an attempt to replicate the process of the sun on Earth. It differs significantly from nuclear fission, which has been our only way of getting electricity from atoms since the 1950s. Fission has proven to be hugely expensive as well. It generates large amounts of radioactive waste and raises serious concerns about safety and the proliferation of weapons. So what exactly is fusion? Fusion is the process that drives our sun. Every single second, millions of tons of hydrogen atoms crash together in the tremendous temperatures and pressures of our parent star. This forces them to break their atomic bonds and fuse to make the heavier element, helium. Natural solar fusion generates enormous quantities of heat and light. For decades, researchers have been trying to replicate this process on Earth or build the sun in a box as one physicist has dubbed it. The basic idea is to take a type of hydrogen gas, heat it to more than 100 million degrees until it forms a thin, fragile cloud called a plasma, and then control it with powerful magnets until the atoms fuse and release energy. Potentially, it can generate power that is low carbon with much smaller amounts of waste. It also comes without the danger of explosions. To deliver this fusion concept, countries have focused their energies on a major international cooperative effort called ITER. Is this a giant step forward? The ITER project involves 35 countries and right now it is constructing a huge test reactor in southern France. The plan is to have the first plasma generated by 2025. However, getting from this step to producing energy is still extremely difficult. ITER has also suffered from long delays and budget overspends, which means it is unlikely to have a demonstration fusion power plant working even by 2050. Until ITER is up and running by 2025, the UK-based Joint European Taurus remains the world's largest fusion experiment. It has secured EU funding until the end of 2020, but what happens after that and the participation of the UK in ITER after Brexit remains unclear. To give some sense of certainty, the UK government recently announced £220 million for the conceptual design of a fusion power station by 2040. Over the next four years, researchers based in Colham in Oxfordshire will develop designs for a fusion power plant called STEP or 
spherical tokamak for energy production. So how will the UK make fusion work? The most widely known approach to making fusion happen involves a donut-shaped vacuum chamber called a tokamak. Hydrogen gas is heated to 100 million degrees Celsius, at which point it becomes a plasma. Powerful magnets are used to confine and steer the plasma until fusion occurs. In the UK, researchers have developed a different form of tokamak that more resembles an apple core than a donut. Called a spherical tokamak, it has the advantage of being more compact, potentially allowing future power plants to be located in towns and cities. So where is the excitement about fusion coming from? While governments are wrestling with ITER, many are also driving ahead with their own national plans. China, India, Russia, and the US are among others working on developing commercial reactors. As well as the UK government putting cash in, the European Investment Bank is pumping hundreds of millions of euros into an Italian program to produce fusion energy by 2050. But perhaps the major excitement comes from private companies. They're usually smaller, nimbler, and they develop by making mistakes and learning from them quickly. There are now dozens of them around the world raising funds and pushing forward, often with different approaches to fusion than that seen in ITER and in the UK. And here are some examples. First, Light. The company originated in the University of Oxford and was founded specifically to address the urgent need to decarbonize the global energy system. Their idea involves firing a projectile at a target that contains hydrogen atoms. The shock wave from the impact of the projectile crushes the fuel, and briefly, this reaction will produce plasma that is hotter than the sun and denser than lead. Commonwealth Fusion Systems, a private company created by former Massachusetts Institute of Technology staff, CFS, has raised significant funding of over $100 million. They hope to build powerful enough magnets so they can build smaller and cheaper tokamaks to contain the plasmas required to generate fusion. TAE Technologies, with backing from Google and other high-tech investors, this California-based company is using a different mix of fuel to develop smaller, cheaper reactions. They want to use hydrogen and boron as both elements are readily available and non-radioactive. Their prototype is a cylindrical colliding beam fusion reactor, a CBFR, that heats hydrogen gas to form two rings of plasma. These are merged and held together with beams of neutral particles to make it hotter and last longer. We also see the U.S. Navy getting in on this action, worried about how how to power their ships in the future, the U.S. Navy has filled a patent for a plasma compression fusion device. The patent says that it would use magnetic fields to create accelerated vibration and or accelerated spin. The idea would be to make fusion power reactors small enough to be portable. There's a lot of skepticism that this approach will work. One of the main challengers with ambitions to make fusion work is a company based in Canada called General Fusion. Their approach, which has gathered a lot of attention and backing from the likes of Amazon's Jeff Bezos, combines cutting-edge physics with off-the-shelf technology. They call their system magnetized target fusion. This approach sees a hot gas plasma injected into a ball of liquid metal inside a steel sphere. It is then compressed by pistons, much like a diesel engine. General Fusion say they hope to have a working model within five years. So maybe some of you might be asking why hasn't Fusion worked so far? 
Despite the hopes, no one to date has managed to get more energy out of a fusion experiment than they have put in, which means there's no profit of energy. Most experts are confident the idea will work, but many believe that it is a matter of scale. To make it work, you have to go large. So will renewable energy make fusion redundant? In 2018, the IPCC reported that emissions of carbon dioxide need to be reduced by 45% by 2030 to keep Keep the rise in global temperatures under 1.5 degrees Celsius. Getting to that point requires rapid decarbonization of the energy sector. The UK has committed to net zero emissions by 2050, which will require the deployment of wind and solar on a massive scale. Some argue this should be a greater priority for Britain rather than spending large sums on experimental fusion reactors. Others involved in the fusion industry take a different view. The cost of renewables has shot down while the cost of the world fusion project iter has gone up and it now looks very unlikely they will be able to compete without new ideas. This is what Sir Chris Smith, a one-time chair of the iter council and respected British physicist has said regarding the projects and renewables. Others involved in the fusion industry take a different view. If you're a country like Malaysia, that has a high carbon intensity of its energy system and you're trying to move away from coal, there's not a lot of options today. This type of application we're focused on and even in countries like Canada, which have a fair amount of renewables, it can be 100% renewable. And so we need a carbon-free source of energy that can complement renewables in the future. That's what Chris Maury, General Fusion's executive said. So before we get into this discussion, let's go to our next song. Crazy. 
And I show up to your family gathering with a pair of funny songs Before we even knew how I act on a tour It would piss everyone off Maybe I end up in the memory as an enemy Maybe it's a noble friend in me Maybe I'm crazy or maybe intelligent Maybe irrelevant, maybe I'm prevalent That was Maybe by Andreas. So let's discuss more about these initiatives that are being made on a large scale, on a national scale, to fix the problems that we've created for our climate. So I have some information here to really paint the picture between the difference of fusion and fission. The IAEA, that is the International Atomic Energy Agency, has an FAQ for people that might not know the difference or just want to know more about fusion. So what are the effects of fusion on the environment? Fusion is among the most environmentally friendly sources of energy. There are no CO2 or other harmful atmospheric emissions from the fusion process, which means that fusion does not contribute to greenhouse gas emissions or global warming. What's the difference between nuclear fission and nuclear fusion? Both are nuclear processes in that they involve nuclear forces to change the nucleus of atoms. Fission splits a heavy element with a high atomic mass number into fragments, while fusion joins two light elements with a low atomic mass number forming a heavier element. In both cases, energy is freed because the mass of the remaining nucleus is smaller than the mass of the reacting nuclei. Does fusion produce radioactive nuclear waste the same way fission does? Nuclear fission power plants have the disadvantage of generating unstable nuclei. Some of these are radioactive for millions of years. Fusion, on the other hand, does not create any long-lived radioactive nuclear waste. Can fusion cause a nuclear accident? No, because fusion energy production is not based on chain reactions, as is fission. Plasma must be kept at a very high temperature with the support of external heating systems and confined by an external magnetic field. Every shift or change of the working configuration in the reactor causes the cooling of plasma or the loss of its containment. In such a case, the reactor would automatically come to a halt within a few seconds. Can fusion reactors be used to produce weapons? No. Although hydrogen bombs do use fusion reactions, they require an additional fission bomb to detonate. Working conditions of magnetically confined fusion reactors require a limited amount of fuel in the reactor. This fuel is continuously injected and consumed. Therefore, there is never a sufficient amount of fuel to produce the instantaneous power required for a weapon. When is electricity generated through fusion expected to be available? At present, fusion devices produce more than 10 megawatts of fusion power. ITER will be capable of producing 500 megawatts of fusion power. Although this will be on the scale needed for a power station, there are still some technological issues to address before a commercial power plant can operate. Electricity generation and exploitation is also expected to take place in the second half of the century depending on funding and technological advancement. So this fusion sounds like a good idea, but I just don't see us having enough time. The thing is, as this article had discussed, there's already technology available now that can be produced on a mass level 
That's something we can do right here, right now, and be able to meet the lower emission standards being set for 2030. This is not necessarily the time to stop and discuss whether or not we should be running this way or that way. The goal is to finish the race because if we don't, behind us might be something far worse than just the fact that we lost to reach a certain time period for this technology. Here's what I would say moving forward with the idea of fusion. It shows a lot of promise, but by no means are we anywhere close for it to be able to help us in the in the time that we need it. We should not be spending so much money, like 200 million pounds, in an investment that is not going to be showing us any promise in the near future. What we should do is take that 200 million pounds and invest it into something that is more more for the here and the now. We should let privatized companies go after this because on some level, privatized companies are more nimble. They do learn quickly. They can build their profits and be able to dump them into this technology. Whereas for governments, governments are kind of just focused on the one goal. They're not necessarily competing with businesses. And so they're not able to be as nimble. They're not able to grow as quickly. And they do have a lot of things like bureaucracy weighing them down. So for this to work on a government level, I think governments should be dumping their money, the taxpayers' money, however this money is being generated, dump it into the safe way dump it into the way that we know we can meet certain emission standards before it's too late. If it's 2030 and we haven't met that emission standards, there are species that won't be able to come back from that point of no return. So as much as I want to see fusion save the world, it's just not going to get here in time. And so let's leave it to the privatized sector to go play around with fusion technology, perfect it, and maybe one day have both renewables like solar and wind power, along with fusion, powering our homes. But until then, money needs to be dumped by the government on a national level, on an international level, into infrastructure we already have, because the time just doesn't allow us to have anything else. And so this is my two cents. I do love the fact that people are looking for new and creative ways to solve this problem. It makes me feel so much better that things aren't all lost. And who knows, maybe there will be a big breakthrough in the near future and everything that I'm saying now will just have been circumstantial. Only time will tell, but I don't think we have the ability to be able to gamble on this because the stakes are too high. So in which case, I hope to see more investment from money into things that I know will bring us to where we need to be in the time we need to be there. And so on that note, let's go to our last song. One, two, three. I put you first, two of everything you deserve Three wishes, please, get you diamonds, rub your feet, name it Don't mean no special occasion, girl, I celebrate it So go ahead and make it yours Checklist, one, two, three, you can tell me what you need Baby, check this, ABC, you make it look so easy On the guest list, it's you and me, we gon' need some privacy
to put it on her Priceless, but you love expensive We do it big like it's Texas Home movies all got 3X Every night I count my blessings And I love it Place no one above it That was Checklist by Max featuring Chromio. And this brings us to the end of today's Hutong Hero. Thank you so much for listening, and don't forget to subscribe.